All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Thanks for coming, Tony. Thank you, John. We're here at the Hawks convention. Well, I I didn't want to come to talk to you, but they forced me into it. It's always great to have people who want to come. It's it's, <laughs> it's really nice. I had all these positive questions, and we're throwing them out the window. So, Hall of Famer, unbelievable career, countless wins. Pretty much started the butterfly style of goaltending. Calder Cups, Vesna Trophies, international fame, and it all started at Michigan Tech. That's right. That's what we have in common. He went to Michigan Tech a lot after me, but... You were there, what, 64, 65, 66, that range? I uh, went in 63 and graduated in, in 67. So he's a smart guy. You got a bachelor's in business? Bachelor of Science in business. Whoa, excuse me. So, for those of you who don't know Michigan Tech, it's a small town in northern Michigan, Houghton, Michigan. The UP territory is right. It takes a special kind of person to survive in Michigan Tech for four years. So what yeah. what was campus like for your four years in there? Because you came from the Sioux which wasn't that much of a transition to Holden, Michigan. But what was campus like? Can you expand on how – was it fun? Did you hate it? How did you get through the snow? Well, uh, there was uh, 250 inches every year of snow. Cold, windy, torturous in the winter. <laughs> but it was, it's a good school. And I was happy to go there. And besides, I got a full ride, so that was even better. Didn't have to co- didn't cost us a cent. That was great. So why did you go? Because back in the day, nobody went the NCAA route. What put you in that direction instead of going to the OHL? Because I'm sure you got drafted the OHL, right? Yes, but what happened was when I was playing uh, for the Sioux. I uh, I was I was very uh, studious that way, so I wanted to to go to school because you know uh, I'm not being smart, but a lot of these guys uh, go into junior and they have no no education. What happens when you're 35, 40 years old? You know what I'm saying? Well, 
I've seen hundreds. I've played for dozens of teams. I've been around guys much like you, and it's true. A lot of these guys who are studs and juniors, they don't get their high school degree. Then all of a sudden they go to the AHL, and they're not a stud anymore. Then they try to go to the NHL, and they don't make it, and they wash out at 23, 24, and it's like, okay, what do I do now? I don't have my high school degree. I am only good at one thing at hockey, and I can't do that anymore. And it's it's a big – that's a big decision, though, by you to not go to juniors. That's kind of a – did you well, think you were giving up on your hockey career at that point? No. I figured I'll come in in 67. S- 67 was expansion year. So there were six teams in the league before expansion. So I figured I'd have three or four years at college and then turn pro because then we went to 10, 10 teams and 12 teams. So I got a lot better chance of making the NHL than when you got six teams and everybody carried one goalie only. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Well, stick around me, John. I'll why, teach why, you did they, why would they only carry one goalie? Because the backup goalie was a trainer. No way. He had junior experience usually. So when a guy got hurt, the trainer would dress up and go in the net. That's the truth. That happened here in Chicago, right? Wasn't it the accountant who dressed a few years back? Scott Foster got the W. But, yeah, that's that's wild. That's how it was. And so uh, when you, you broke in with Montreal? Yes. And you were – backing because who got hurt Horsley. what happened was i turned pro and then i was playing in the minors and in houston getting where i also played and then uh, bounced in vancouver for a while and then first of all gump got hurt no he first he had to he was in business with a restaurant and he he had to take some time off because he was losing his ass, so to speak. So he had to take time off the NHL and to take care of his business? No, because he went bankrupt. <laughs> so he was a wreck. So that was my opening to get in the door. And then what happened So you was, bankrupted his business on the yeah. side. And then Vashon was there and he got hurt. So I stuck around for a while, and then Gump broke his wrist after, and then I was, it was perfect. (laughs) Everybody around was getting hurt. That was perfect for me. I got my foot in the door, and that's that's how you got it. That's how you got a chance in the old days. Somebody had to get an injury, or you wouldn't wouldn't be called up. And then you got traded that offseason to the Hawks, right? Yes. And then it was... It was called a reverse draft. Oh, See, I'm educating you now. It's just like the expansion draft. The reverse draft is you only protect so many players. And the team that finished last got first pick. Whoa, I didn't know that. So I was a third goalie in Montreal, really. They had to make a choice between me and Gump. And Gump was uh, 35 or 36, and thank God they kept him because I hated Montreal. 
I went to Chicago in the reverse draft. That was the first pick. And then uh, I knew Chicago had a great team at that time. So why did you hate Montreal? Why did you hate Montreal? Why? Because uh, Montreal was uh, very pro-French. Strike one. You know what I mean. I played in Montreal for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so... If you weren't French, you know, you, well, especially you weren't any, you never era. got any good. Yeah, you, you never got any good press or anything, and and uh, a lot of the people uh, were very cold. Like they, they they weren't like Midwesterners, you know, or friendly and all that. So it was just a different lifestyle, and it wasn't one for me. Yeah, they take their hockey a little too serious there. And I can't imagine, because that, that's back when you played with them. They had, I would imagine, who were the, the French guys they had? Was Maurice Richard there? Would that be in the same no. era? Or? Uh, Jean Beliveau. Okay, whoa. And Henry Richard. Okay, now we're talking. And uh, we had a real good team. We won the cup there. But the, the turn of your career was getting picked up by the Hawks. Oh, yeah. The first year. I was back to the Midwest. I loved it. Does anybody know how good a first year he had? Everyone talks about Bennington this year. Oh, he played good. This guy, Calder, Vesna, second in heart voting. 15 shutouts. 15 shutouts. And that's back when shutouts were hard to get. No one really had a defensive system back then. Like, that's where you got the nickname Tony O. Yes. Unbelievable. I think uh, Bob Verde gave it to me, probably. No one knows who that is. Bob Verde. Bob Verde. He was a guy that gave the name Dollar Bill to Bill Wirtz. I have no idea what you're talking about. He he was a great, uh, great writer. And he was uh, and syndicated columns and all that. And he retired. Uh, he's with us now. Who? He lives yeah. in Astoria? Historian. Oh, he's a historian. Whatever. <laughs> Care. I'm not a historian. That's a long word for you. I don't know. I'm an engineer, man, Tony. <laughs> we used to make fun of the business guys. Okay. So you guys had a lot of success in Chicago when you were here. Yes, I was great very, teams. very fortunate. Very, very good teams. What is the difference now? In 2019, say 2012, 2010, 2019, versus when you were here? Well, you were, the problem with us is we were great in the early 70s. And then two things happened. The main thing that happened was hiring a Bob Pulford. And he uh, just brought the franchise. And who was that? Again, I'm not a historian. What do you mean? Was he, he the played, GM? He was... He was a player. He played for Toronto okay. and then L.A. And he worked in L.A. as the coach. And then he got fired. And we hired him. As GM. He was coach first. And then Tommy Ivan, who was our, our manager, he was forced out. So, so what, did, what did he do that was so bad? He just doesn't know He was very doing. cheap. Uh, and that's okay. why Bill, he led Bill down that path. We lost Bobby Hull. We lost Stapleton. We lost 
And then later on, we lost Ronick, Chelios, and uh, Amante. Scott. Balfour. Oh, yeah, you, you fit right in there. <laughs> I remember seeing you as a Blackhawk. It was a good it was a good run. Everybody wants to play for the Hawks. And you were lucky enough to now you're an ambassador for the Hawks, right? Yeah, I'm fooling them still. So what do you do? What is what does an ambassador do? Just go up, have a couple glasses of wine or no, pop or drink. water or schmooze with the fans? What is that? What do you do as an ambassador? How do I get that gig? I guess you have to be a Hall of Famer, apparently. <laughs> You've got a good gig going. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what I do is uh, whatever the owner wants me to do. <laughs> and uh, he uh, basically, I, I come for the games and with the sponsors and that type of thing. And then probably sometime I go out and when they, they're trying to get a sponsor, they bring me along. Send in the closer. And I, I, closed, I closed several of them. Yeah, you do. He's a closer, baby. <laughs> Tony, I was reading that you're very superstitious. Is that right? I don't know. Am I? Uh, I just uh, was very focused. I didn't talk to anybody at game days or anything like that. Were you weird like all the other goalies are? Like you won't let anybody touch your pads or your blocker or you... Wash your hair the same well, way. Well, I just shut myself off from everybody else. They, the other guys can joke around and do whatever they want, but if you're you're in, and you're not ready to play, and the goalie first two or three shots go in, that's the end of the game. Yeah, I guess it's a little different. If I miss a pass or miss a back check, it's not three nothing. That's true. I uh, I remember I dressed next to Ryan Miller. You know Ryan Miller, goalie for, gosh, where is he now, Anaheim. I sat next to him in the locker room, and after every practice, he would line up all his pads, his gloves, his helmet, and he would take like 10 steps back, and he would stare at his stuff. <laughs> and he would look, and he would have a pair of scissors, and he would go up and he would like cut one of the leather straps, and he would step back again, and he'd go, and then he would like cut a string. And he did it every Single day. And I, was I wasn't like that. On days off, I had fun. You know what I'm saying? It's time to work and it's time to play. Game days was strictly business. And other days were fun times. So, that's why I lasted so long. That's why you're a pro. That's why it's. I, I'm sensing a... a trend here between the difference between my preparation and yours and Dougie Gilmore's and Chelios's and I just didn't do all that stuff. I, I guess I, I should have taken it a little more serious. Like I would, who knows? Who knows the potential I could have had? <laughs> Very limited. <laughs> <laughs> Very tough. Very tough and, and you, you know, <laughs> you knew what your job was, and you'd work hard at it, and you were aggressive. Oh. And that, nothing wrong with that. No, but you know humbling. what happens? Other teams will will notice that, and they won't uh, take advantage of the lesser players. You know, the smaller players. 
I will say this. One of the greatest compliments I ever got was Kaner. My first year here, he said, this year I got touched the least amount of my whole career. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice that's, little uh, That's how it works when you got three or four, you know, guys that are aggressive. And Tony, you've got to cu- have it. I'm curious. How do you think John would have gone against the uh, the tough guys from your playing days? Oh, he'd be right in there with uh, all of them. Uh, I don't know who the toughest guy I've ever seen. Uh, probably uh, the most toughest guy who could take a punch was John Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I forget who the hell was uh, playing uh, Paymont. Uh, one of the... Ralph Paymont? I don't know who it was. Anyway, he hit him about uh, Ferguson about five or six times. And Ferguson just shook it off. And then the guy got tired. And he got killed. <laughs> It's, so, it takes a good special fighters, person. Yeah. Good fighters got to be able to take punches. Yeah, it's not fun. It was. Have you, did you ever get into a fight in your career? Yeah, I got in three or four well, five. sorry, Tony. Tell us about it. Well, what I did was I got in a fight uh, two or three, three or four times. I took my face mask off and we go toe-to-toe. Why should I leave my mask on? The guy has got to... You know, I got an advantage, and I wanted to show that. Uh, yeah, let's go. I would, I would, I would do block, it on block, your terms. Block her off too. Yeah, just fighting, just normal fighting. How did it, How did it go? I won uh, every fight. He's super humble, Tony Esposito. Everybody, it's great. well. What happened was Billy Ray said our coach said that he's never seen anybody, any goaltender fight like me, and that's the truth. The new goalie for the Hawks, Robin Leonard, is not afraid to mix it up. That's good. It is good. I think he's the toughest guy on the team now. Guys will give him some room. Give him. I saw him in the hallway, and I, I literally steered clear because he looks like he could kill somebody at any second. He's focused right now at convention. I think it's going to be a good year for him. I hope so. I hope so, too. Well, with Crawford and Leonard, it's looking pretty good right now. Sorry, go ahead. So, Tony, you were involved in hockey after you, you were done playing. Yes. yes. Uh, I could tell you this story right now. As a player, when I got to be 41 or so, I, I was fired. Then Rightfully I went so. to Pittsburgh for two and a half years. I was fired. So what do you do? You just dust off and get up and go at him again. Then I was assistant manager for 11 years at, with Tampa Bay Lightning. Then I was very fortunate to get the call from McDonough and, and Wirtz to come back with the team. And uh, they said they wanted an interview. And what happened was I was flying up and I couldn't leave because this snowstorm. So Rocky called me the next morning. He said, uh, told me the terms. And he said, if you want the job, it's yours. Uh, so I didn't have to come. So that was great. I really, I really enjoy this. I have fun. And this, is the, this town is great. And the people are wonderful. 
I like the Midwesterners. Oh, Tony. Where are you from? I am not from the Midwest, but I live here now. I live in Michigan He was now. on a farm somewhere out in western Canada. Edmonton, Alberta, born. Yeah. He was in the barn shoveling manure, oh, all cause, that stuff. Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario is such a metro. We didn't have a, it's 80,000 people. <laughs> That's a big city. Okay, another rumor. Did you come up with the name Lightning for Tampa Bay? I no. heard that along the way. Well, what happened was we were sitting on a a lounge bar lounge outside up on the balcony and and uh, we were seeing in the distance lightning and we were trying to come up with a name. So it was actually my brother who said it. He said, "Look at that lightning. It's supposed to be the lightning capital of the world or somewhere." And so we, uh, you know, we all tossed it around uh, to our four people who ran our operations. And we came up with it. And, and when we thought of how to market it. And then we come up with the lightning bolt because, like, how do you market a hurricane? That round thing in your jersey. I mean, Caroline, I mean. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You've got to come up with a gimmick. Like the Blackhawk head is the best. That's it's, iconic. Yeah. And yeah. So you got to come up with something that you can sell. Oh, another thing. Wayne's World. Did they ever talk to you about using your jersey in that? Garth wore your jersey pretty much the whole time. Did no. you ever get input in that? Or did they ever say, hey, Tony, can we wear your jersey in the movie? No. I what? Don't know. I didn't care. You got no money from that? No. no. Kickback? No uh, cameo in the movie? See, he's money-oriented. Well, I have five daughters, so I... Yes. Five daughters? Yes. How old is the oldest? Seven. Holy (laughs) jeez. You've got a long road ahead of you. (laughs) Can you you imagine five kids at home? I'm blessed. It's, It's nice. I'm a good dad. I never said you were. <laughs> no, it's busy. It's busy. Well, you have two, right? I got two grown, yeah, two grown up boys. Yeah. What's that like to have a boy? <laughs> Is it nice? Well, Must be nice. When you get to be a, t- when you're, when they get twelve or thirteen, the big question you get is when you're talking to them, what do you know? Oh. They're at that stage, you know. Like, you don't know. And then you hit, you smack them. And then as it, no. Oh, you don't. As they get older, you get smarter. So when they're 18, 19, you're, then they ask you things. But when you got it really bad coming, because they're going to roll their eyes and say, what do you know? You don't know anything, Dad. Tony, that's great. Good luck to you. You're going to need it, believe me. Well, we'll end it on that note. He's such such a positive guy. Tony Esposito, everybody. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We appreciate it, and we appreciate all you people. Believe awesome. me. Thank you, Tony.